Good morning. Welcome to the worship service for the Lindsley Avenue Church of Christ. I'm Steve Garrett presenting the lesson today. We're going to look at a very interesting scripture in the book of 2 Corinthians uh, in chapter 5. And before we do so, I'd like us to begin with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we're just so thankful for this another beautiful day that you've created. Father, we thank you for every opportunity that we have to come and to worship you, whether we be doing so as, as a group assembled together or as we assemble virtually. Uh, we pray, Father, that you would uh, bless our service to you. Dear Lord, help us to uh, be able to concentrate and to put aside the distractions of this life as we hear from your word and as we also partake of the communion. God, you've blessed us so much this week, and we thank you, Father, for everything you've given to us. And we especially thank you, Father, for our Savior, Jesus. In his name we pray, and amen. Well, I'm going to try something new today. I've not uh, had the opportunity yet to record a lesson and do it in conjunction with PowerPoint. Uh, I've learned to do all sorts of things in the last few months that I had never thought I would have to do. I'm teaching some college classes right now at Cumberland University, and those classes are taught partly on-site and partly online, and I've had to learn how to uh, do Zoom meetings and also how to uh, get my students uh, information, especially when things go wrong. So I'm, uh, I'm trying to be flexible, and I hope that this lesson will be uh, beneficial to you as well in presenting it in this format. Uh, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, please turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 5. And I would like us just to begin by, by reading, in, starting down in verse 12. The Apostle Paul says, For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he who died for all, and those who live, should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we reward no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, Yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I would like us to begin by, first of all, looking at The word perspective. You know, what is perspective? Well, we think about perspective and 
it really is your point of view, is it not? It's how you're looking at something. It's the way you're looking at things from where you happen to be at that moment. I took this photograph several years ago, and I'm just wondering if you can recognize what it is without me telling you. It might be sort of hard, but some of you might can guess what it is, but I guarantee you, you can guess what it is when I show you the next picture. So this, of course, is the uh, famous arch in uh, St. Louis, the gateway to the West, as they say. And we, this is another picture I took of it. I think we were there in 2011. So from one perspective, you get a whole different view than you do from another perspective. And you know, it's, it's that way in, in a lot of things. I like this picture here. You see the, the man on the island who's probably been stranded on this island for many years and, or well, maybe not years, but he sees a boat coming and he's all excited, boat, boat. But we also see from the other side, the man who's been on the boat out in the ocean, he's so excited because he sees land. So when our perspective changes, depending on where we happen to be standing at a given moment, everything else changes as well. And I want you to keep that in mind as we uh, present our lesson today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 16 and 17 in particular, let's just read that one more time. The Apostle Paul says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, Yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I like the way the New Living Translation uh, words this verse. We have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ from a merely human point of view. But how differently we know him now. So Paul here is talking about our point of view. He's really talking about our perspective, is he not? And I want us to look at three things that change in Christ. Three changed perspectives in Christ for Christians. You know, when we become a Christian, there are certain things about us that ought to change. Now, they may not change immediately, but as we grow in the Lord, we see that our perspective changes. And I want us to look at three things from this scripture today. First of all, let's look at the old way we looked at other people before we became Christians. And I think this is what Paul is talking about in, in verse 16, and especially the first part of verse 16, when he says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. So what does that mean, that we no longer regard others according to the flesh. Well, that's the way the New King James Version says it. The New Living Trans Version says we no longer look at people from a human point of view. That, what that's really saying, I think, is that there is a way the world looks at people. And we see this in scriptures. We see, for instance, in 1 Samuel chapter 18 in verses 7 through 8, how King Saul looked at David. Saul was very jealous of David. And he said, you know, the women are going around saying, well, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. And so Saul was very jealous of him. And that was looking at him from a worldly point of view. But we also see David, when he became king, did we not in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 2, that it says he went out on his housetop and he saw Bathsheba bathing 
and he lusted for her and committed adultery with her. He looked at her from a worldly point of view. We also see in Acts chapter 9, verse 26, that after the uh, Apostle Paul had become a Christian, he was still known as Saul at this point. He went to the church, and the church was afraid of him because he had been going around uh, persecuting the church, killing Christians, and putting them in prison. And so they looked at him with fear. And that's another way we look at people from the world's point of view. And really what I, I see, at least in myself, when I look at people from a worldly point of view, it's usually I'm looking at people saying, you know, what can you do for me? You know, what 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 is this relationship that we have with one another? How does it benefit me? It's a very selfish way of looking at things. Or perhaps I look at people from a wounded perspective and I, I wonder, how is this person going to hurt me? You know, and it, we don't necessarily mean in a physical way. It, we can be hurt emotionally as well. And perhaps we've had some bad experiences in our past and we look at people wondering, you know, will they hurt me like I was hurt before? Or sometimes we simply look at people by asking the question, what can I get from them? You know, what will you give me? These are the old ways of looking at others. You know, I get a pretty good idea of how I am looking at people, whether or not I'm looking at them from the old way or from the new way in Christ, by the way I drive. I, and I, I bring this example up a lot of times. You know, do I really get irritated with people, especially those ones who dare to drive the speed limit? Or maybe those people whose car breaks down in, in rush hour traffic and it just creates a traffic snarl? You know, what are my feelings for them? Do I actually feel sorry for them or do I feel... Do I worry about I'm going to be late to where I'm going? You know, that's the old way. That's the worldly way of looking at people. And I've been working on that. You know, I've been trying to, to see people the way that Jesus would see them and to act accordingly. But let's look at another different perspective we can have. And this is something that Paul mentions here in our text in the second half of verse, verse 16 by saying we, we look at Christ in a different way. Let's read that real, real quickly here. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. So even here, we, we look first of all at looking at people from a human perspective. And now Paul's talking about how do we look at Christ from a human perspective? So Paul looked at Christ in one way, did he not, before he became a Christian, as we touched on just a moment ago. He blasphemed the name of Christ, he says in First, in first Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13. He says in Acts 26, 9, that he did many things contrary to Christ. He persecuted the church, he says in Acts 9, 1 through 4. But he had an experience, didn't he? He, he had an encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus. And he gained sight in, in a very literal way and in a, in a figurative way after he saw the Lord. And his perspective on Christ changed. And he sees him thus differently. Look with me, if you will, in, in the book of 1 Timothy and uh, chapter 1 and verse 15. Here's Paul's view of Christ now. Here's the way he views Christ differently now. He says, I see that Christ came to the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. 
So he had a totally different view of the Lord, did he not? And then we also see in our text that we've been reading from today in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, but let's just look up at verse 14. Paul says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. So now Paul sees Christ from a perspective of love. You know, everyone comes to the Lord from their own perspective. Uh, we, I heard of a story not long ago, several years ago, I guess, about a prisoner. And uh, the church had been uh, taking the gospel into the, the prisons. And this prisoner was very hardened to the Lord. He was, he was so hardened that when he was given a copy of the Bible, he literally shredded it. He had so much anger and hatred for the Lord and his word. But this man was changed. He saw the lives of these Christians who went into the prison. And over a course of time, his heart was softened. And he became a Christian and he obeyed the gospel. And now he's a, a light in the community in which he lives. But you know, we all come to Christ with some baggage. We've all had our own experiences. And once we become a Christian, just like the Apostle Paul then, we see Christ differently. We see him in a new way. We see him from a new perspective. But the third thing that changes in our perspective is the new way that we view the world, the world that we have come out of. Uh, let's read verse 17. Uh, one more time, 1 Corinthians 5 and, and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So there's a new way. There's something new. There's something different. We are a new person, the New Living Translation says, or we are a new creation, as the New King James Version says. You know, we ought to stop and consider God's point of view towards the world. How does God view the world? Well, the very next verse gives us a clue to that in verse 15. He says, and he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. How much did God love the world? What was God's view of the world? God loved the world so much, as we read in John 3.16, that he gave his only son to die for the world. Now, do we view the world in the same way that God viewed the world? And then look down in verse 19 in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. What did God think about the world? He thinks about it from a perspective of reconciliation. God wants to be reconciled to his creation. To have a new point of view is to see things differently, right? We've been making that point. If I'm seeing things differently, then I really have uh, a new set of eyes. I like to think of it in that way. If I have new eyes, I have a new way of seeing others. If I have a new way of seeing, then I am that new creation. I'm recreated. 
I'm the one that's changed because I'm now able to see things the way God did, the way God does. I don't look at people from the old perspective of my worldliness. I no longer look at Christ the way I did before. And I no longer look at the world the way I did because I am a new creation. Several years ago, I was just walking into the gas station to pay. And as I was walking in, there was a young lady about to walk out. So I opened, pulled the door open and I held it open for her and she walked out and she stopped and she asked me a question and she said, uh, are you a Christian? And I was, the first thing I thought was, oh yeah, I'm a Christian and obviously I'm being a good Christian because she recognized that. And so I was kind of getting, you know, a little sense of pride here. And what she said completely threw me for a loop. She says, don't do this again. Don't hold the door open for me again. And I was just kind of shocked. I just said, okay. And I, and I walked in. You know, I was anticipating praise, but I got a rebuke. Does that change the way I look at this person? It shouldn't. She was and is a created, beloved, wounded child of God. She needs the gospel. I was in the same situation before I became a Christian. And there's far too many times that I will admit that I go back into those old lifestyles and I'm not the kind of Christian I ought to be either. I say things to people that I regret. And so I need to have a, a new perspective on the way I look at the world. You know, when I have this new point of view, then the Bible talks about us being transformed. And actually the word transformed is the word that, uh, the Greek word that we translate metamorphosis. We understand what a metamorphosis is, don't we? When we see the caterpillar in the cocoon and then uh, a while after that, it, it comes out of the cocoon as a, as a beautiful butterfly or a beautiful moth or something. That's a metamorphosis. It's a, a complete change. And, and this word is used three different times in the, in the New Testament. It's used in Romans chapter 12 and in verse 2 to discuss the change in character that we have. Look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When I have a change in character, what that it really means is that I'm having a change in, in attitude that I look more like Jesus in the way I act, in my attitudes, inside my heart, I'm changing and I look more like Christ. Another sort of transformation that the Bible talks about is the uh, outward change that we can see. Uh, look over in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 18, the Apostle Paul says, but we all with unveiled face Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So what this means when I'm changed in image is that I start looking like Jesus in my actions. The things that 
others can see in me, the way I behave. I take on that servant mentality that is, is mentioned in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7. That Christ was willing to give up the wonders and the glories of, of heaven to become and to be born in this world and to live as a man. So I'm changed inwardly. I'm, tra I'm transformed outwardly. But thirdly, we see that we are changed in form, that our very substance is changed. Look over in Matthew chapter 17, and this is the third instance of this word metamorphosis in the Bible. Uh, Matthew chapter 17, and we'll just begin reading in verse 1. It says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, <coughs> Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face, and they were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and do not be afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. What I take away from this account of the transfiguration of Jesus is that we see the glory of Jesus. We see Jesus uh, literally pulling back his flesh, his veil of humanity, and we're seeing the real Jesus, the, the glorified Jesus. And his, his face is shining bright like the sun, and, and all of his garments are, are radiating light. And so we see this is the real substance of the Lord. When I'm have a, this new point of view and, and I'm transformed, one of the things is I begin to see that I look like this glorified Christ. Yes, I'm still a man. I'm still fully human. But the reality is you, me, and everybody else in the world, we're all spiritual beings under this cloak of humanity, under this fleshly garment that we wear. We all have that spark of the Spirit within us. In the transfiguration, we get this glimpse of the glorified Christ, and we know that those who died in the Lord, like Moses, and we also know that those who did not die, like Elijah, will be transformed into the glory of God, just as Jesus was on this mountaintop. We read here in, in back in our text in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, in the first part of the chapter, which we did not read yet, Paul says in verse 1, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. This is what we all look forward to, isn't it? That whether we, we die and then we're resurrected when the Lord returns, or whether we're alive when the Lord returns, we understand we are going to be changed. And this physical body that's dying every day, 
is going to be changed in form to this glorious new habitation that Paul talks about. I want us to think as we close our lesson today about what we can do for others in the world. Paul says uh, down in the, in the last part of, of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20, he says, speaking of Christians, that we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. If you want to have a new perspective, if, if you are tired of living with the perspective that you've had for so many years, and you want to have a new perspective, and you want to be transformed in character, in image, and in form, then we plead with you, not from ourselves, but as Christians, as ambassadors for our Lord, that you be reconciled to God. Jesus says, he that believeth and is baptized will be saved. And we sincerely hope that if it is your desire to be baptized, that you would contact the Christians at Lindsley Avenue Church of Christ, you can go to lindsleyavenue.org and contact the congregation and someone will be glad to get with you and explain to you what you must do to be saved and to help you on your spiritual journey. I appreciate your attention this morning to our lesson from God's Word. At this time, we want to turn our attention to the partaking of the Lord's Supper. And if you would, uh, have your your bread and your fruit of the vine available and we will offer thanks at this time for the bread. Our Father in heaven we are indeed honored and very thankful that we have the opportunity to partake of this communion today. Father thank you for this bread. Jesus says that this bread represents his body that was nailed to the cross so that we could be reconciled to you. Dear Lord, as we partake, we hope that we will remember the body of Christ in the partaking of this unleavened bread. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. Would you pray with me again as we give thanks for the fruit of the vine? Our dear Heavenly Father, we come before you again offering thanks for this cup, the fruit of the vine that Jesus says is his blood shed for the remission of our sins. Dear Lord, may we remember his death on the cross and how the blood flowed from his hands, from his head, from his feet, and from his side. And May we remember this as we drink this cup. In his name we pray. Amen. This concludes our observance of the Lord's Supper. Uh, we want to remember that as Christians, we have an obligation to lay by and store on the first day of the week as we have been prospered. And uh, our congregations throughout the land uh, obviously will need to continue their works of evangelism and benevolence, uh, even during the times of this uh, COVID lockdown. And 
let's uh, give thanks at this time for all of the many blessings that we have. Father, we are indeed very blessed, and we know that we have been living through some difficult times, but we can look at our situations and know, Father, that you are with us and you are blessing us. And uh, we hope, Father, that uh, the issues we've had in our country and the economic problems with the uh, pandemic will get better and those that have been suffering uh, will have some healing in their lives, whether physically or emotionally or spiritually. Fathers, we lay by in store and give back a portion of what you have prospered. We ask that we will do so as cheerful givers. In Christ's name we pray and amen. Again, I'm Steve Garrett and I appreciate the opportunity to present this lesson to you today and, and be with you uh, in worship uh, in a virtual manner and look forward to the opportunity when uh, we can again assemble there at, at Lindsley Avenue and, and worship God together. Pray that God will be with you this week and that we'll remember the wonderful blessings we have in our Lord. Thank you very much.